Today on Blue 58, it's a Thanksgiving appetizer to get you ready for some Turkey Day football. Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, an episode so short we're not even going to put an episode number on it. I'm your host, John Meerdink, and I just wanted to take a second to pop into your feed here on whatever podcast app you use to let you know a couple things. Uh, first, I guess, a brief announcement here. You may notice, and I've referred to it a little bit already, it's a, it's a mini-episode today. This was not the plan, but things have been changing rapidly here at uh, the Power Sweep headquarters. We got the opportunity over the weekend, Sunday, in fact, uh, to head up to Wisconsin. It just looked like everybody's schedules aligned right at the last minute, and it's the first time since December 2019 I've been able to get up to to the motherland, see some family, see my, my grandparents, see my parents, um, and let them meet kiddo number two. Uh, my grandparents said, as my parents have been able to make it out here, but uh, we haven't been able to get up there yet. So we are heading out there Wednesday morning, along with everybody else traveling the day before Thanksgiving. The plan was to actually record two episodes Tuesday night and release a normal Wednesday episode and a preview podcast on Friday. But just with the hustle and bustle of travel, that did not work out. So I thought I would just give you some brief thoughts on a few things and and uh, just give you something to tide you over until we come back with the um, the Week 12 Recap Podcast. I wanted to start just with a, a little bit on Thanksgiving itself. Uh, just let you know how thankful I am for you. And I know that's a really trite and podcastery thing to say, oh, I'm really thankful for the audience. Yeah, everybody knows that. But I am. Sincerely, I really appreciate everyone who listens to the show. If you didn't listen, I would just be some guy sitting in his basement talking into a microphone uh, in the middle of the night. And uh, while that, you know, may be something I would do anyway, it makes it make a lot more sense um, that somebody's actually listening to it. So I'm very appreciative to everybody who listens, and I'm appreciative for the community that's grown up around the show. It means a lot to me, and it's been a f- lot of fun to um, hang out with people, talk football now for more than five years. It's been a while since we've been at this podcast thing and the power sweep in general. It's been a long time, so thank you for coming along for the ride. Thank you for your continued support and, and for listening to the show. also wanted to talk about Thanksgiving football in particular. You know, it kind of gets a bad rap, and the games this year are not spectacular. But much like Thanksgiving food, you're kind of just going to eat it anyway, whether it's there or not. And with that in mind, I think you should remember some of the good stuff that can come out of Thanksgiving football. A lot of formative memories for me relate to uh, Thanksgiving football. I was just looking back the other day, um, just randomly thought I would look up, what is Bubba Franks' career long catch? It's 31 yards. It happened on Thanksgiving in Detroit in 2001, and the Packers were wearing 1939 throwbacks this year, or that game. And... I will defend just about any throwback the Packers wear, just about any team will wear. But those ones just do not do it for me. Plain yellow helmets, the plainest jerseys you could imagine, just a white jersey with a green number on it, tan pants, and black footwear. It's just not all that inspiring. I get the history behind it. I get that some great players wore it, Don Hudson, among others. But man... There's just not a whole lot going on with that uniform. But still, I'm on green at a big big day that day. The Packers ended up winning despite a late charge from the Lions. And so it's a good memory. And I'll always remember those throwbacks. I actually have 
Uh, in my relatively small Packers memorabilia collection, one of my favorite cards that I have is a, a card of Amon Green wearing those uniforms. Um, it's, I believe it's an autographed card. I have to look at it again. It's been a while since I've had it out, but I've always remembered that game and those uniforms, even if they're not my favorite. I remember seeing Ron Dane uh, running wild for running wild. Some heavy air quotes there. Running perhaps the best game of his career with the Denver Broncos uh, against the um, uh, Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. We were traveling, seeing some family in Kansas or Missouri. I can't remember exactly which, but we uh, were able to stop and watch some football. And Ron Dane had the game of his life. I remember traveling again uh, amidst uh, some less than fortunate circumstances, traveling at Thanksgiving for a funeral, uh, but just hanging around with family in 2012 and seeing Mark Sanchez run smack into the back of his offensive lineman for the infamous butt fumble. Stuff like that tends to happen on Thanksgiving. And even if the football overall isn't all that great, it's worth watching sometimes first just because it's there. You're hanging around with a bunch of people. might not have much else to do, but also because some weird stuff can happen when you play games in weird circumstances. How often can you watch football at 11 a.m. on a Thursday? Well, if you're a Mac fan, I guess that happens, seems to happen fairly frequently. Who knows when they play those games, but that's college football. And the pros... It's pretty much Thanksgiving or nothing if you're looking for some midday football on a Thursday. As to actual football stuff, there is some stuff going on for the Packers this week. There's a lot of movement on the offensive line. We got an update today, Tuesday, about David Bakhtiari. Apparently he's had some arthroscopic surgery on his already surgically repaired knee. This is not necessarily a new development. This is something that had happened in early November, so it doesn't really affect his his return to the field timeline, at least as as much as we've currently understood it. It looked like he was going to be back in early December, mid-December, something like that. But it explains why things have not come along uh, faster than they have. He had to have that cleanup surgery, and now he is on the timeline that he's on. Obviously, it's not great news that you have to have a second surgery to repair the surgery that you already had, but... I don't think this affects the overall timeline all that much. Obviously, the Packers would have liked to have him back sooner. But again, the end of the season is the goal. If he's missing midseason, November, early December games, that's one thing. That's fine. But as we saw last year, ultimately, you need to have him in the playoffs. You need to have him in the playoffs. You need to have him in the playoffs. And the Packers are headed for the playoffs. I would rather get them there with a healthy David Bakhtiari than not, especially now that Elton Jenkins is officially headed to injured reserve. Not a surprise, but still some depressing finality to the move there. As a corresponding move, the Packers have elevated guard Ben Braden to the 53-man roster. You should be pretty pretty familiar with Ben Braden by now. He's kicked around the Packers here for a couple of years um, and was getting some really positive press in training camp. Adam Stenovich, the Packers' offensive line coach, was talking about him as a potential um, starter at left tackle at one point. I don't know how much there ever really was to that idea, but the Packers are very high on him. As far as what he can do at guard, his chief attribute is that he's very large. Six foot six, 329 pounds. That's a big lineman period, uh, and it's especially big, I think, for an interior guy. 
I don't think this is a situation where the Packers would be looking to um, like make a move, have him step in for Royce Newman, at least not right away. But that gives them at least one more option um, if they decide to make a move there at right guard. As far as making that move at right guard, I think the Packers are approaching some dangerous territory, I think philosophically here. We shouldn't forget that Royce Newman won the job fair and square in training camp. He had a good training camp. He put up good reps against everybody he faced. He had a good preseason. And he deserved to start the year at right guard. He really did. But things have not gone well this season. And I think the Packers can't let themselves be trapped by saying, well, he did earn the job at one point. They have to be willing to pull the trigger at some point to make a move there. It could be that they really don't believe they have any better options than Royce Newman. I kind of find that hard to believe. But given the current state of the uh, the injury picture there, that it may be true. We did talk about a, a theoretical world where, say, David Bakhtiari comes back, they stick um, Elton Jenkins at center and move Lucas Patrick to right guard. I think that would have been a possibility, but with Elton Jenkins out, they need somebody to play center, and it's going to be Lucas Patrick until Josh Myers comes back. Once they've got options, Royce Newman should be replaced. But they shouldn't just stick with them because they're not sure of the other options. Maybe they are sure of the other options, but they've got to at least be exploring things because he is getting exposed on a weekly basis. Elsewhere on the offensive line, the Packers have re-signed um, offensive lineman John Dietzen. He was an undrafted free agent this spring, came along uh, with Cole Van Lannan, who was a draft pick, obviously, uh, from Wisconsin, uh, had a long, long career there, actually retired briefly due to injury, but uh, made a comeback, uh, ended up getting drafted, or not getting drafted, but signing with the Packers, uh, has some tackle experience, but he's definitely projecting as a guard in the NFL, really just um, just depth at this point because he's ending up on the on the practice squad, but I think it's worth mentioning that he's he is back in the building. As to this weekend's game, I think uh, it's going to be a Rams win. And obviously that means the Packers lose back-to-back regular seasons on uh, regular season games under Matt LaFleur for the first time. I think that doesn't necessarily mean that the Rams are better than the Packers. It's just going to be evidence that it's not so much who you play, but when you play them. The Rams are catching the Packers at a really advantageous time for the Rams. Packers are obviously pretty beat up. And they're also in a situation where there's not a whole lot they can do about being beat up. They really don't have any options on the offensive line until a couple weeks from now, if and when David Bakhtiari returns. And of course, if Josh Myers returns in there as well. In the meantime, they've just got to make do with what they've got. And what they've got is not a whole lot right now. So what are you going to do? This is when the Rams are catching the Packers, and it will probably be reflected on the field. I don't think it's impossible for the Packers to win, and I will be watching two things very uh, intently to see if the Packers are potentially able to pull something off. First, how do the Packers handle Matt Stafford? Stafford is a complicated subject for a lot of people who cover the NFL. I think he's a really good quarterback. I think his chief attribute right now is that he's an older quarterback, and that means he's seen a lot of things. And that was really evident when the Packers played Stafford while Mike Pettin was their defensive coordinator, because 
and this was the case for a lot of offenses, nothing Pettin did really seemed to surprise Matt Stafford. He always had a lot of success picking apart Pettin's blitzes and, and just finding whoever was going to be open um, in, in the Packers schemes. Is that going to be the same against Joe Barry? I think we've got reason to believe that uh, that is not going to be the case. Uh, I think we've got reason to believe that Barry can put up a better case for the Packers' defense than Pettin could against Stafford. But we did also see Kirk Cousins just tear the Packers apart pretty well with an asterisk. There was plenty of plays the Packers left on the field against Kirk Cousins. If they get similar opportunities against Matt Stafford, can they take advantage? Because Stafford is a little bit like Brett Favre. He's going to give you two or three plays a game. Can you take advantage when he does give you those plays? The second big thing I'm going to be watching closely is how the Packers' offensive line handles the the Rams' pass rush. And not so much the offensive line specifically, or only, I guess I should say, but the Packers' offense in general. Early in the Vikings game, the Packers did not handle the pass rush all that well. And that was largely because Aaron Rodgers wanted to hold the ball and just wait for things to develop rather than you know, playing a little bit more in the confines of the offense. If he does that against the Rams, it's probably not going to go all that well because as good as the Vikings were at taking advantage of the Packers' weaknesses or apparent weakness on the outside, the Rams are going to be throwing Aaron Donald against Royce Newman. And you don't have to be the world's biggest football fan to know how that's going to probably play out. So how are the Packers going to handle the, the Rams' pass rush? And how will the Packers' defense handle Matt Stafford? At the most baseline level, that's what this game is going to come down to. How can the Packers handle both of those things? We will find out on Sunday. And we will be back Sunday evening, Monday morning, whatever the case may be, to give you a recap of Week 12. In the meantime, travel safe. Enjoy a lot of good food on Thanksgiving. Enjoy time with your family. I'll be thinking of you. Hope you'll be thinking of us as we're traveling with two little kids. Um, It'll be fine. Everybody's going to be fine. But stay safe. Have a great Thanksgiving. We will see you after week 12. I've been your host, John Meerdink. We'll see you next time on Blue 58.